Hello, and welcome to the Bubbly and Baseball podcast, hosted, as always, by Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. If you love drinking sparkling adult beverages, and you also happen to love baseball, then we would love for you to join us every Sunday. So, without further ado, here are Bailey and Ed. So we're back, everybody. Uh, for our third episode, which is exciting. And we have, uh, Ed and I are both drinking something a little different, mainly because I went to Palm Springs with my family. I had to find something last minute. So I went into my local BevMo. If you don't know what BevMo is, BevMo is fantastic, especially if you like beer. It's just kind of like a total wine and more. They have everything. It's great. So what I picked up was another Cava, which I ha- we had last week. Uh, so, like, a nice sort of not oversweet uh, from Spain as well. Uh, so, it's really good. It's called Segura Ludas. I don't know. My Spanish is not good. I'm assuming that that's right. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. What, and Ed has something a little different, too. What are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, contrary to the name of the show with Bubbly, I couldn't find <laughs> anything that I wanted with that. So, I actually busted open a bottle of... Uh, honey, sweet honey wine, uh, mead, mm. some mead that I bought two years ago on a trip to, um, not exactly upstate New York, but like the Hudson Valley. Um, mm. specifically, this is from the oldest functioning winery in, um, in the U.S. Uh, That's cool. Well, continually functioning because mm-hmm. they were able to stay in business, uh, during Prohibition. Uh, that's, uh, Brotherhood, uh, over in, um, in Washingtonville. Um, I was born around there, actually. Um, so when I was really little, my uh, my mom used to take me and my sister there, and we'd, like, stomp on the grapes and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I went back a few. It was actually my first, um, this was, like, two summers ago, I think 2019, so pre-COVID, and I had started dating my still girlfriend, um, Allie, like, right around then, and, uh, it was her birthday, and we went down there for that, and it was, it was a lot of fun, um, yeah, that was, like, two months after we started dating, actually. That's um, fun. We bought that, a couple of other bottles that we haven't opened yet, there's one in particular that, um, I'm saving for like something like very, like a very special occasion. Cause I actually, prior to this, at the very least, I don't really drink very much. So mm. I got Yeah, I'm, I'm making that, Ed get back to his alcoholic ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the return of, of college. You, you, you don't want the return of college, Ed. That was, uh, that was kind of a mess. Um. <laughs> I, remember, oh, I remember those days. Those were, those were fun days. All the days. Except back in the college days, you could wake up the next day and feel fine. Which yeah, that, I mean, that's why I stopped. It wasn't like, oh, I did these terrible things and that no no it was much more practical than that it was oh my god my body can't handle this anymore yeah you just feel like crap the next day <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we got more or less legalized here so everything oh yeah and then you feel yeah. you could get as high as hell and then wake up the next day and feel great so that is that is the plus to that exactly so that's uh that's where we are with that but um that's that's my choice for today. I also, I, I just really like meat. I've actually, um, yeah. I've, I've made some before with uh, some of my friends uh, back, uh, like maybe five or six years ago. I think we still have some of that batch left. I don't know if it's gone bad or not by now, but um, yeah, that, like, maybe, I just, who knows? it was just like buying like all of these gigantic containers of honey. And it, it was a lot of fun. If you've ever, if you have the time to like make your own stuff, it can be a lot of fun. Well, I made my own beer once. Um, oh yeah, it's actually not bad. I bought like the little kit. Pretty fun. Uh-huh. Pretty what fun. What kind of beer was it? 
We made uh made a Diablo IPA. That's what they called it. So it was like uh their version of like an IPA, and it was actually like really not bad. You like IPAs? I love IPAs. I'm like weird with my beers at this point, where the only thing that I can really drink and enjoy is like sour beer. Oh, you like a good sour? I yeah. Oh yeah. Sour yeah. can be too sour for me, you know. I, like, I've always had, like, a bit, it's funny, because I'm not, like, a huge candy person, but I've always mm. had more of a sweet tooth when it comes to my alcohol. Like, I was definitely drinking Smirnoff Ices in college. Like, they were Oh, me bright. too. Those were bad. Talk about yeah. things that made you sick the next day. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Stay, stay oh. away from Smirnoff Ices, kids. Oh, yeah. No, I think, like, the worst decision I ever made in college was drinking an entire bottle of Manischewitz wine on my own. Um, oh. It was a Passover thing. Oh. And if you've never had Manischewitz, it's basically alcoholic grape juice. Yeah. Um Mm. And I was hungover for like two straight days. It was I. It was the only time I ever missed missed a class because of like something alcohol related. Was, uh, oh, was after I did this. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like Jewish people know what's up. They like give you the <laughs> alcohol, the most alcoholic thing, and then the mo- the best food. <laughs> so you're like stuffed and and drunk. So it's a great combination. I I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for. I mean, Hanukkah's early this year. I just started doing my uh, my shopping for that. I have to get something. I like never know. Baseball related gifts are so hard for me to get people because for years I would just get my dad the Bill James book for every oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he was like reading it back in the '80s when that was like first really taking off, and he was yeah. like all been about the safer metrics. But now he's just like, uh, he doesn't really say anything different. The only thing I like are like his Hall of Fame predictions and those aren't even like uh those aren't even that good at this point. So, so I you know, like it's just tough. like do you, do you ever buy like baseball related gifts? Um, I really haven't actually cuz the only people that are like baseball people in my life are is pretty much like my mom at this point. Uh and my dad by like fourth. <laughs> Like, you know, none of my none of my friends are are really into it. So it's good that like there's a community on Twitter, like Ed and I found ourselves we can do this we can do this podcast together, which is great, that you can find your community of like like minded people. But in like my life, like everyday life, like nobody likes it. So I'm not really um I've had some really great baseball gifts. So one year my parents bought uh seats from Fenway, you know, when they were like renovating. Oh yeah. So, yeah, they so we have like two seats from Fenway, which is really cool. My dad bought like when Ortiz retired, we had like the retirement bat um like That's signed cool. by him. That was like really cool. So like I've gotten some like really cool baseball related gifts for like me, but I've never really had to personally like we for my mom, we were, my mom's looking at me, so I was like <laughs> I was thinking evolved from uh, Dave Roberts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we got a uh, baseball signed by Dave Roberts. Oh, and, like, I have Trot Nixon's autograph and stuff like that, but... Oh, my God, those, those, are were some, more... those are some throwback players. I want a Trot Nixon ball. Oh, so, Trot Nixon was so nice, too. It was in 2007 when he had just gone, like, you know, so 06 was his last year with the Red Sox, and then he went to Cleveland. Yeah, and we actually yeah. went on, like, a baseball road trip. So we went to Cleveland, and I, like, everybody's, like, stalking all of, like, you know, they're stalking, like, Grady Sizemore, which, I mean, yes, me too. But, like, CeCe Sabathia was there, so they were going for, like, the big names, and I'm like, where's Trot Nixon at? <laughs> so we stopped, and he signed, he signed for us, and he was, like, super sweet. But Dave Roberts was, like, literally maybe the nicest person ever. It's funny that Grady Sizemore was, like, the big name, that, that when he came back to, when he came to Boston, I think, 2013, he was, like, almost in the Trot Nixon role. That he was in in 2007 there. I always, like, wanted 
Like, I always wanted him on my team because it was a time where Grady Sizemore was elite. Like, just look at his numbers. He was elite. Injuries. Oh, yeah. Still. He was one of these best of guys that, like, when you see, like, those questions, like, who do you wish had stayed healthy? Yeah. Like, I wanted. can see Sizemore coming up for a lot of those. Him and Rocco Baldelli, both Red Sox. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you get these, you get these people when they're not what they used to be on your team. Like, you know, we had Rocco briefly. But, uh, yeah, so you just sort of get these, you know, these, when they're shells of themselves. And I was like, oh man, I wish we had like a 2007, like Grady Sizemore on our God, team, that you know? Been so good. Oh, for truth. But yeah, sort of jumping in off that. So what Ed and I wanted to talk about this week, initially we were thinking, oh, do we want to do some prospects? Because Ed works with the, the Sox prospects guys. We figured we could maybe get into that, get more into depth into that. But we thought we'd maybe talk about all of the awards. That just came out. You know, we finished them, so maybe chat about them a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the prospects are always going to be here for, for us, sure. um, especially with the Rule 5 draft coming up. That'll get yes. pretty interesting. But I figure, yeah. we figured that could wait a little bit longer. And, you know, with award season just finishing and emotions still kind of being uh, being a little heated over that, uh, in some cases, at least on the Internet, Um Seemed like that would be a good uh, good spot for us to talk about today. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Which awards? Because uh, you've got the list up there. I do not yeah. have the list up. So um, did we want to just maybe start with, like, the guys that won Silver Sluggers? Because, you know, the, then Gold Gloves, and then sort of yeah. maybe get more into the the nitty-gritty of, like, yeah. maybe the controversy let's, let's with warm, manager. Let's, let's, let's Let's warm ourselves up with like the less uh, the less sexy awards, but still fun. Yeah, yeah, for for truth. Um, so yeah, for like Silver Slugger, we had Xander Bogarts, which I think always deserves a Silver Slugger. You know, whether or not the controversy is if he can play defense or not. Offensively, arguably one of the best shortstops for sure. I uh, it just makes me happy. That's like his award. I feel yeah, like Xander like just row, Xander loves it? silver sluggers. That's his fourth one. He just gets them. He just gets them. And then I think there's a little controversy uh, at the catching position with Salvador Perez because a lot of people looked at the home runs, right. you know, and failed to maybe look at some of the other areas where people were saying, oh, this is one of the best offensive seasons. It's like it's, it's not even one of the best seasons for a catcher offensively this season, like Grandal and Buster Posey. So, you know, there's sort of going to be that the controversy of whether or not Salvador Perez is the best catcher, because, but he definitely is the best home run hitter, for sure. Did he win? Did, he won it, right, Perez? He yeah, he did, win the, he did win the Silver Slugger, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's kind of hard to argue with 48 home runs, like, out of any position. That's a lot, but catching, I mean, that's, I mean, he's, he's just, it's so, it's, I, I was very surprised when I realized how many people think he's overrated, just because I feel like he's been such a steady player um, throughout most of his career. Yeah, that, I, just um, don't I, think I, I didn't realize catcher. that there was such a vocal like anti Salvador Perez population out there. I think it's mainly because it is, it is like people just are like, Oh, you're looking at home runs. Yes, home runs are impressive, but you're failing to look at any of the other numbers, whereas, like, a Grandal puts up better offensive numbers technically, like, overall than a Perez does. But, like, Perez just, like, blasts out 48 home runs. So it's sort of, it's like, what are you, what are you looking at to sort of feel like, the, oh, this is the reason why he's the best offensively? So it's like sort of what category. And I know a lot of people don't like to look at 
only home runs and some people are only looking at him. So I think that's why it sort of brings in a little bit of a controversy for him as the best catcher. Uh, I mean, I think that for this year, I can understand other seasons where he probably maybe shouldn't have won it. Like, you know, like 2018 when he hit 235 and what a silver slugger that kind of is confusing to me. But I mean, he was, he, you know, he led the league in home runs and, and RBIs. That's not just catchers. He led the whole league in that mm-hmm. at a position where you just don't see that kind of production. Oh yeah, so. definitely a power hitting catcher. Like by, but considering when our catcher had what, six all season? Like. The other thing that's kind of insane about Perez to me, he played 161 games this year. And I mean, obviously he didn't start all of those at catcher, but it's a third, he's over, he's over 30 at this point. He's playing just about every game. That's good. I like the, I like the players that go out there and play every day. He's gonna, I, I I would bet you money he ends his career as a first baseman. Oh yeah, probably, yeah. But, um, who was the National League Silver Slugger? Was that, uh, Posey? Let's see. Let me double check here. Yes, Buster Posey also, because I mean, what a what a season from Buster Posey. What a mic drop of a season. Oh, I know. I'm so like. There's a part of me that's like, okay, yes, like you're going out on your own terms. I I commend you on that. But there's also a part of me that's like, I want to keep seeing this man play baseball. You know. I know. He's not even that old. He's like 30. He's gonna. He'd be yeah. 35 next year. Yeah, and oh. it was his. He's played 12 12 seasons. Which I mean, it's it's not a lot, but it's a lot at the same time when when you're a catcher, like oh, obviously. Yeah, no. And he he's does a, he's a Hall of Famer. Like oh of famer. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Even if it, like I think he the numbers are definitely there. Um, I think the only thing that would potentially hold him back was maybe the the longevity. Like he didn't play like twelve seasons. Like in, in today's day and age, really isn't much. But and it's he not. did walk away from a final season too. He was under contract technically for next year if he wanted to be, you know? Yeah. No, it's definitely... I mean, that's definitely the weak spot in his career, but that, if it's yeah. that relevant, then it shouldn't be a 10-year minimum to be qualified, then. It should be, like, 15 years or something if it's that important. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he beat the 10 years. He, as, he, he did. Did the 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. For true. I mean, in what, like, also it's interesting that his on-base percentage and average were these same exact. He had 300 average, 300 on-base percentage, 550 slugging, like a, uh, 126 WRC plus. Like he had, like one, or maybe not, oh my bad. That was, see, this is the one thing I don't like is they added on Fangraphs, they added the, like right underneath, it just says 2021, but it's literally the postseason. Oh, that's yeah, that's very confusing. Yeah, so I don't I, like that. So yes, yeah, correct. Because I was like, how the hell is his? I was like, did he not have a walk all season? That's I'm pretty weird. sure Buster Posey was was good at drawing walks. Like yeah, yeah, he got he had actually a 390 on base, which is yeah, insane. four 499 slugging, 304, 140 WRC plus for the season at at a 49 uh, Fangraphs WAR at like. The age of 34, and he also had a 38 <laughs> D. Oh, bless you, defensive war. Like he was still great at everything. He did. Excuse me. Which is insane. <laughs> who? Um, so who was the first base uh, of Silver Sluggers? Yeah. So first base, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, that goes without yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about him later. And uh, who the hell won for the other? 
It also doesn't tell me who was the first. It doesn't tell me their position. So I'm going off remembering everybody's freaking positions. It literally doesn't tell you. It just says AL Standard Bogarts, but you know, obviously, oh, okay. I, got, I got it for uh, it was Freeman. Freeman. Oh, okay. Because I was like, where's Freddie's name? There we go. There's Freddie. He's way down at the bottom. So yeah, Freeman and Guerrero Jr. At first, I mean, yes, for both yeah. of those. I love. I I I, I love Freddie. I still can't believe it's like. November twenty first, and he still hasn't been he still hasn't been signed with Atlanta. Like I'm starting to get a little Makes worried. Makes me a little nervous. Like oh no, he'd be really good at Yankee Stadium, but also he'd oh, be really no. good at Fenway Park. Yes, I I, I see him. Like if, imagine if like Hyam like swoops in and just gets Freddie Freeman. Doesn't oh, make sense oh. for the Red Sox overall. Like you got to figure out what you're doing with Casas, but still that would be hilarious. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Um. I wouldn't. So I wouldn't be disappointed. Who is second base? Second um, for the National League was Semyon. Oh yeah. no, that's the American League was Semyon. Oh yeah, my bad. American League Semyon, and then who the hell was the NL? Oh, Ozzy Albies. Yeah, those make sense to me. Those. I mean, yeah. Albies has been. I mean, can you like? How is this the first World Series Atlanta's won in like twenty five years? Like that lineup is stacked when you look at who they have also in there. With or, without Acuna Jr. Yeah. Yeah, one of the best players in baseball goes, I think he went out in like July, right? So it had been a good bit of the season they played without him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just before the All-Star game. Crazy. And he'll be back next year. And they're not, unless they lose Freeman, they're not really losing anybody significant. Like that, that team is, that team has the best shot in my mind to repeat of any team in a long time. Yeah, they could, they have they have a potential, but then there's a part of me that's just like, man, if the Red Sox went to the World Series, I think they would have beaten Atlanta easily. So it's just like I'm glad that Houston got stomped on, but at the same time, I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't know. You know, I think they got to go out and prove that they can win more than 88 games. What do you think of uh, Sebi winning for a uh, second base there? Because he was the Gold Glove winner too. He was a double Silver Slugger Gold Glove. Well, I mean, Semyon had. One hell of a season offensively. So, like, you, like you said, it's like what 2019 and 2021 were by far his strongest seasons. And I think by like, um, obviously by power numbers, this was his best because he hit what like 45. Yep, that is a new record for second baseman. He beat oh god, what was the guy's name? Of the, the Davy Johnson, I think he beat his record. Oh okay. Oh, so the yeah. So, wow, so then, yeah. speaking of Atlanta, though, they also have the third base uh, silver slugger with uh, Austin Riley. Yeah, Austin Riley also had a great season, too. Like, Austin Riley is who I want, like, Bobby Dahlbeck to be. Yeah, that that's, like, a really good comparison, actually. I actually think Dahlbeck's a little better defensively than Riley, too. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, Dahlbeck is pretty decent at third base. It's just whether or not we can figure out how to hold down first base, but then again, I'll have a full off season to work on that, whether or not, you know, the Red Sox get Freddie Freeman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if so, bye-bye, Bobby, but um, most likely, no. Most likely, Bobby Dahlbeck will open the season at first. I would so I would have to think so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Riley, great season for Austin Riley. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Semyon won. Um, so yeah, semi it was a uh, yeah. So third base was uh, like you just said, Austin Riley, and then who the hell was third for the American League? Devers. 
Deckers? Yeah. Oh, Deckers. man. Yep. How, finally. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Like, he, I, I'm just excited for seeing, well, one, I'm excited for the need of, like, my need of seeing him get extended this off season. So please, Haim, please, please do please, that. Please. I think I it's tough that. to appreciate how good Devers is unless you're watching him play every day. But just, like, his, the ball sounds different coming off of his bat. When he's hot, he can oh. carry your offense for, like, a full month. It's it's insane just how, and how and dangerous it's easy it is. power. Like, his power numbers went up this year. There's a his best power number. So, like, he's going to just keep getting bigger and stronger. So I don't even really know what to what to expect. Like, I think the 2022 is going to be a monster. Like, outside of, you know, Shohei Otani keep doing his Babe Ruth thing. Like, I think yeah. Rafael <laughs> somebody who could potentially be in those MVP conversations, you know, with a Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know? Yeah, I mean, but here's here's the big question with Rafi. Is he always going to look like a baby on a grown man's body? Probably. <laughs> yeah, really... he's got that, that carita, he's got that little, that little baby face, you know? He's adorable. He always makes, like, because he's, he's always got, like, the giant thing of chewing tobacco in his mouth that makes him look even cuter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's got his little dimples and is never not smiling, always having a good time, so. Talking please. to himself frequently. Yeah, smacking his head, with like, smacking his helmet. But yeah, so I just really hope that that's a, a big thing that, that happens. If anything happens this offseason, please, I need that man extended. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then who do we have in the outfield for uh, for those, for the AL? Oh, oh yeah. wait, sorry. Um, we didn't do the other shortstop. Also, we did Xander. We did not do. Oh yeah, Tatis. Brandon Crawford. Or Brandon oh Crawford. no, it was Tatis. I thought. Uh well, Brandon Crawford plays shortstop, right? And he. Oh really, Crawford? Oh no, my bad. That was still under. That's under friggin'. That's under friggin' Gold Glove. That only yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, got a Gold Glove, but. Oh yeah, yeah, Tatis. Even though he played a good portion of the outfield this season too, yep. but he is going forward if he does stick it short or not, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's it, he'll come up in the MVP conversation. But what a another good player right there, Tatis. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, he was the other shortstop. So yeah, we had our first baseman. So yeah, I think we just have the outfield left, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for the National League, we have Juan Soto, obviously, because yeah. like what? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's insane how good Juan Soto is. Then Nick Castellanos was also yeah. Bryce Harper. I mean, and yeah. Anybody you feel like might have gotten robbed there? I don't know. That seems as long as you got Soto out there, like. <laughs> so, and then, of course, you know, we'll talk about Harper later. Won the MVP, so yes. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, Castellanos also had a, a fantastic season. There's a big reason why he opted out, you know, and isn't going to yeah. play with the Reds anymore. So I think that seems fair. Do you think that anybody was um, jilted? Not really. I mean, those three had really good seasons. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Max Fried won um, for pitching. <laughs> I forgot that there's still a pitching, um, that there is a pitching Silver Slugger. Uh, silver slugger. Good for Fried. I mean, it's just Otani, right? Like, Yeah. It's <laughs> the only person I can hit, right? Yeah. I mean, he did it for, he got it for DHs, right? Yes, I believe so. Let me just double check. Who are the who are the ALs? Okay, so for the AL we have Xander Bogarts, 
Salvador oh, Perez. Oh no, for the uh, for outfield, I meant. For oh, the, uh, oh, for the outfield. Oh, for the outfield. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Aaron Judge, and Cedric Mullins. It's always weird to me that I forget how good Teoscar Hernandez is at hitting baseballs. Mm-hmm. Like he sort of like flies. He's not under the, the best floor. person in that lineup. In that lineup in Toronto is insane. It I mean, is. That's a, a big reason why. Like when you're still really, really, really solid, but you're in a lineup with like these big boppers, you tend to sort of get lost in it. So that's yeah. a good, maybe a good reason why. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers now, and like, yeah, 296, 32 home runs. He stole 12 bases. Like, yeah, good, good player. Houston really gave up too early on him, didn't they? Hey, the Houston doing okay for themselves, but it's nice to see them fail. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're going to definitely – but then Houston can't hold on to their stars, though, because they already lost one, and they're going to lose their even bigger one. So. And they just gave uh, Verlander $50 million to stay oh there. That's ridiculous. I can't – if I'm Max Scherzer, I'm looking at the Dodgers, and I'm saying, do you want to keep me? $70 million, or I'm walking. <laughs> Like, He's going to get so much money, like Max Scherzer. Like, yeah, I would insane. bet you he gets he gets a nine figure three year deal. That would be crazy if he does. Like at thirty like, seven, like shit. I mean, he certainly deserves more than power. Oh, I hate, I hate, I hate, I I hate that Bauer's probably going to pitch, Ugh. and I hate that LA really has no choice. I mean, you know, they they can't really do anything. They can't just like. If he doesn't get convicted of anything, which he won't, um, because look at what happens to white men. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, he's going to be pitching, and it's going to suck. <laughs> yep, and he's going to be doing his Trevor Bauer gloating. See, I didn't do anything wrong, uh, cl- yep. like, move after. And yeah, I'm going to be like, see, see, see. And I'm like, no, not see, not see. The justice system sucks. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. so those are our silver sluggers. I think we talked, yeah, I think we got them all right there. And I, I think those, I think those all seem, yeah, and obviously Shohei won for, um, DH. DH, I mean, yeah, that wasn't really, yeah. yeah. If we were to get a stop to talk about Shohei for, like, every time he came up, uh, we wouldn't really get anything done here. Yeah, yeah. Shohei's good. Yes. These things Shohei make- Otani, good at baseball. Yes. Alrighty, so now the gold gloves. Um, so the pitching position for the American League went to Dallas Keuchel because he's won a bunch already. Does he have like? like he's gonna have like five or something like that. Let me see exactly how many he has. Um, so yeah, he's won quite a few. <laughs> like that's another one of those things where it's like I bet you if you're a White Sox fan, you're like, yeah, of course he won that, but like. Not seeing him pitch like every week, every it's like why is he better at this than anybody else's? That doesn't make sense. Penny, chill out. Yeah, he's won five Gold Gloves. That's crazy. That is that is a significant amount. Yeah, how much? Yeah, you're right. How much better is he at fielding his position than anybody else? Yeah, like, I just want to. I just want to know. Yeah, I gotta look up his highlights or something and be like, what are Dallas Keuchel's highlights? You know. <laughs> Crazy. What do you think highlights look like that are like different than any like that makes you look different than anybody else? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, who wanted for the National League? Uh, yeah, pitchers? so uh, Max Fried. Uh, Patty Chill. So Fried got the Gold Glove and the Silver Slugger. 
And an, and he got himself a, a World Series ring. Max Fried had a good 2021. He's having a good time. Yeah, I love Max Fried. It's it's hard not to, especially after just like that whole like iron ankle thing where he got like completely stomped on there and was just like whatever, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, don't worry it's about like, it. Oh yeah. Okay, so then um, second base, Semyon. So Semyon, yep. Silver Slugger, uh, and the Gold Glove as well. So let's see. who that, um, This is naturally. See, this is the freaking problem that I have is I don't know the positions that these people play because I'm very not that. And it doesn't, I don't like it doesn't tell me. You, you know, go, I, uh, Baseball References has it listed for the positions. I'm looking at that. It just only does one league at a time there. Oh, yeah, because I'm like, I... American League right now. Yeah, because I'm like, National League, I, like, literally, I have no idea who, I actually have no clue who Tommy Edmund is. Oh, he's, um, he's on the Cardinals. Yeah, well, he won a gold glove. He went for second base? I don't know, I don't know, because I don't know what position he played. I don't know where else he would have won it. Tommy, let's see. Yeah, no, Edmund is one of the Cardinals guys. He's like a utility player, though, so I was just, I might, wasn't sure on the, hang on, let me see here. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm not sure the position that he won it for, but he did win one. Hang on, I can look this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Edmund, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, we were talking about that before. It must, it must be a fun time to be a Cardinals fan right now. Also, this is like, I'm sorry, you're terrible at wedding planning here. I'm like looking up Tommy Edmund. It's like on November 29th, 23rd, 2019, Edmund and his fiance were married. The couple had originally planned for a wedding on October 5th, but were forced to reschedule due to the Cardinals' participation in the division series. Like, you should know my man potentially could make the playoffs, so you schedule your wedding until after the World Series, dude. I'm sorry. That's poor planning on your part. That's ridiculous. That's it's also, like, really fucking funny, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, Maybe oh, they were like, well, we're not going to make it anyway, so yeah. let's just do something fun so we don't have to think about it. It's like, wait, okay, we're we're yeah. still here. So imagine you have to just like, yeah, just plan your wedding for literally no, like, November. I'm sorry. Like, mid-November. Yeah, and you'll so, be fine. Um, so who was it for shortstop? I'm looking at this right now. The okay, shortstop. Shorts, uh, he had um, uh, Correa. Boy yeah, Correa won uh, short in the American League. And then, yeah, Brandon Crawford. I mean, yeah, Brandon Crawford's an amazing defensive Crawford. He had a great season. He got some uh, MVP votes, too. Yeah, no, Crawford had a like a really resurgent year. Has there been a more under-the-radar player than Brandon Crawford, who also represents everything about the Giants? Yeah, he's been a Giant his whole career, won championships, quietly goes about his business like business at shortstop, is an amazing defensive shortstop, and also is Garrett Cole's brother-in-law, so that's a I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. His sister married Garrett Cole. <laughs> That is wild. So yeah, their brother, they're like, and I'm like, oh, that's that's too funny. I wonder how he feels having such like a famous relative. Like Kermit the Frog has been around and made I generations know. happy. I that know, right? Be, that must be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder if they get discounts from Jim Henson. You know, 
That'd be nice. <laughs> Three copies of Fraggle Rock for every Christmas. Right? You just get this big care package from the Jim Henson Company. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so then uh, Outfield, uh, Joey Joey Gallo ended up winning for the Outfield. Um, have I, I, have I mentioned to you that I hate Joey Gallo? Yeah, you hate Joey Gallo. I, I, I get, like, I don't know. I just don't, like, the... Like, if you just look numbers-wise, yeah, he's going to strike out a lot. But, like, at the end of the season, like, that dude gets on freaking base. And that dude hits for power. He's good. <laughs> like, I just... I'd take Joe Gallo in a second. And he's going to he's gonna be insane next year for New York with that short fortune, right? I'm terrified. He reminds me just so much of, like, another Texas product uh, in Chris Davis. Oh, God. He's way better than Chris Davis. <laughs> Chris Davis hit 51 home runs. He was a yeah. monster for a few years. Yeah, but we're ta- we're talking like like Gallo's 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 good. Like um, he's gonna hit a lot of home runs in Yankee Stadium. I think. I mean, more than 41. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's, that's a good number. Maybe he will, but no. I mean, he's good. He's good. It's a short portion, right? But my thing is. He's redundant in that lineup. That's the problem with the Yankees. The Yankees have too many of the same person. Yeah, no, like, you're, not, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> like, Gallo's 2019 was freaking insane. Like, he had a 389 on base. He slugged 598. He had a 144 WRC+. plus. Like, this dude is good. This dude is good. You know? Would you say that he is better than the left field American League winner, Andrew Benintendi? Uh, yeah, all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody, nobody likes to look at good looking wise. Heck no. Then it, then he goes home with all that. And nobody wanted to see that handsome man's face leave Fenway, but as a, as a overall baseball player, I was fine with it. And yeah, somehow Andrew Benintendi has a gold glove. So, what was it that you were saying statistically before uh, before we started recording? He has like he had like a negative. I think he had like a negative three. Like his like I'm looking it up. His he still had like a negative defensive run saved. I think. Like it I think was. That, does that say something about the quality of left field in uh, in yeah, the league baseball right terrible. now? It was like we were we were like discussing. It was just like oh, it's not who is the best left fielder. It's like who is the least shitty at playing <laughs> left field and the least shitty. Yeah, he had a defensive war. He had a negative 0.9. He's never not had a negative defensive war for his entire career. Like, this dude is just not good. Like, And he's barely above average overall as an offensive player. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the Red Sox made the right trade at the right time with him. Totally time to move on. Like, Absolutely. Um, but, uh, he I'm won it. I'm Good happy for him having a decent, he had a better year in 2021 than he did in 2020, and I'm very yes. happy for him. Yes, yes, that's sure, because it would have been really, really difficult to be as bad as he was in 2020. That was one of the worst, and like, when he, I, I'm not even convinced he was really hurt, I think they were like, okay, buddy, we gotta get you out of here. You're just like a 43 WRC plus, like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> like, it was, it was very not good. He's an average baseball player. Like, he's average to slightly, slightly above. Like, slightly above talking like a 106 WRC+, which is totally fine. And that's great for 
playing in Kansas City, and good for you. you. You're out of the pressure of Boston. You can go and potentially thrive beyond that. But the Red Sox entire outfield was better than Andrew Benintendi. So. But you know what's interesting with the Royals? Um, they had a second gold glove winner in the outfield as well. And, uh, Michael A. Taylor. Yes, Michael A. Taylor did also who win. Finally got his chance to start somewhere, uh, after being yeah. kind of like a bench warmer on the, uh, on the Nationals for years. And he, uh, maybe not the best, the single best, uh, offensive outfielder, but he was very, very good. He was the best. He led all MLB center fielders in runs saved and outs above average, and he also had 11 assists, which, oh, you man. know, we're spoiled in Boston with Hunter Renfro and yeah, uh, Hernandez. Yeah. That's, that's some impressive defensive statistics there, mm. so happy for Michael Taylor finally getting uh, a little recognition. Um, and then the National yep. League guys were uh, Tyler. Oh, they're actually a pair of uh, Cardinals. In. Cardinals. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five gold glovers. Yeah, we haven't even talked about their best fielder yet, uh, but it was Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader yep. uh, winning there. And then Adam Duvall, hilariously in right field, beat out Mookie Betts and Mike Yastrzemski. So a couple of... That's uh, actually he, hilarious that Mookie Betts didn't want to go. This might be Mookie Betts' first not gold glove. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, he was playing with, like, a totally busted hit the whole season. Oh, yeah. Like, were, they moved him to second base because he was having such a hard time, like, co- right. covering any range in uh, in right. Like, you got to think Mookie's going to be pissed off and, like, have another MVP caliber year next year. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's breaking down now. Who knows? Yeah, that's the problem with somebody who's, like, what, like, 5'9". Well, it's I mean... The breaking down it, it, it sort of depends on the. I feel like there are some players that are like that small and it doesn't matter, and then there are others where they just kind of rip their body to shreds. Yeah, he's also very lean too. He's not like stocky and small. Like he's a very like lean. Yeah. Like if I remember correctly, Ernie Banks was like pretty short also. Like he was like five, like a baseball five nine or something like that. Mm. That guy had a long ass career. But then again, that was also like the the nineteen fifties where like. People like you know would like tear their ACL and just kind of keep still playing. Play, so, yeah, like, and they oh, were yeah. all hopped up on amphetamines and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Everything was legal, like, yeah. and, and it worked well. Like you know, just just do a couple of lines of coke, it'll be fine. Right, get back out there. I'm pretty sure that Yastrzemski was like shit faced for every at bat he ever took. So like, it's crazy the substances they were on then. Um, but, yeah, this was uh, – Mookie had won five straight gold gloves and up until, yeah, this year. Yeah, and Adam Duvall, of all people, ended up uh, winning it this year. So, uh, good you know, for you, good, good, good for him. Um, at third base, we had a couple of repeats uh, in Nolan Arenado, who is maybe the best all-around defensive player in baseball. He's yeah. just un- he's an gonna, unbelievable He's won multiple platinum gloves, too. Yep. Nine straight gold gloves. Yeah. <laughs> He's never not won a gold glove in any season of baseball that he has played. Yep. And yeah. his, actually, his high school teammate, yep. Mac Chapman, won the other one. Yeah, I don't know what they're feeding them there. The third baseman in that high school. That's crazy. That's absolutely bonkers <laughs> from the same high school. And then yeah, he, Patrick, well, he also won first. the platinum glove this year, too. Yeah, that was uh, him and Correa won it for the American League, right? Oh, did Correa win for the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, correct. literally five straight platinum gloves, nine yeah. straight gold gloves. 
Did you see what, like, the Cardinals had to give up for him also? It was basically nothing. Yes, it was, like, nothing. Like, the, the Rockies, is there a more dysfunctional team in baseball than the Colorado Rockies How right did now? the Rockies not trade Trevor Story? I... Like, you're losing Trevor Story for, like, nothing. Oh, cool, you're going to get a draft pick? Yeah. Whoa. That's nothing. You gotta think somebody would have paid something for him, you know? Absolutely. Like even with like the um, the Reds trading Tucker Barnhart, like they got a minor leaguer for him. It wasn't very much, but like like, exactly. Like it's just it's just wild to me how they could possibly make that mistake. Um, But yeah, the catchers were uh, Jacob Stalling. Who yes. is the catcher for, uh, for Pittsburgh? The, yep, he won, and then it was Sean Murphy for the Athletics. Yep, the first ever um, Oakland Athletics catcher, so uh, to win a gold glove, so good for him. And then first base, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, another catcher. And Yuli Gurriel, whom I also won a batting title, so. Yeah, Yuli Gurriel. There's another guy who's kind of lost in that Houston lineup where it's just like, wow, this guy's really pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, it's too bad that he's kind of racially insensitive. Though. I was going to say, he seems like he's kind of a piece of shit, this mm-hmm. person. You know? At the same love- time, it's kind of nice seeing somebody that isn't Matt Olsen with a gold glove so there, so... Oh, yeah, switching it up a bit. Yeah, I think we hit on everybody there, right? Wow, good for the Cardinals, <laughs> oh. man. I just can't get over how good that defense is. I know. That must be so much fun to watch. That must be like uh, like the Killer Bees outfield was for a few years in Boston. Now it's almost just everybody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like everybody. It's like their whole team. It's like who's not good at, at, at defense, right? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we had, those are our gold lovers. Those are the silver sluggers. Now we're getting into some things that were maybe a little – a little more controversial, at least on the American League side. The National League side, I think it's pretty cut and dry. The Gabe Cavalier is going to win Manager of the Year. And deservedly so. Yeah. I, um, yes, Gabe Kapler deserved to win Manager of the Year. I have no, that, I, I have nothing to add to that. No, like, cause nothing can be said. Like, they were supposed to finish in, what, like, fourth place? Yeah. But then again, so with the Red Sox, and that's where we can sort of get into the controversy of yeah. uh, Manager of the Year. Kevin Cash, sure, it's fine. Like, I know some people were saying, oh, the Rays weren't expected to win. The Rays were still expected to be, like, way better than the Red Sox. Weren't the Rays in the World Series last year? Yeah, they were in the World Series last year, and they were, at worst, projected, because everybody was predicting, because when don't they predict that the Yankees are going to win the division? So a lot of outlets were predicting the Yankees were going to win the division. But then they had Tampa Bay, like, in second, which means most likely Tampa Bay is going to get a wild card. It's going to get into the playoffs. And, yeah, they were better. They won 100 games. So, like, that was shocking. But I did not think that Tampa Bay was not going to be good in 2021. Yeah. And I also think that there were enough players there that, like, I think with Cora, the reason, and maybe, again, this is just us seeing it every day, but the Red Sox didn't play well as a unit last year. They no. Nobody yeah. bought into what they were trying to do, and you could see that from the get-go. Yeah. With this team, they played over their heads the entire year, and then when they started to collapse, he was able to keep them together and get them to come back just when they needed to. Absolutely. That's hard to do. I think it's very I think it's very hard to directly credit a manager with having a positive effect on your team just because it's the players that are ultimately doing it. But Cora Cora had his finger on the pulse the entire year and he did I can't it's hard to quantify that, 
but I think it's pretty obvious that he had the biggest effect on his team. Yeah, he is. It's incredible the amount that he gets out of his players. He is the perfect player manager. You can question his in-game management. Like, you can question a lot of it sometimes, especially in these playoffs. Like, there were some glaring issues. But when it comes to the clubhouse and players wanting to play for him and wanting to play very hard for him, is it in, that in and of itself is an incredible thing. And that's what makes a good manager. And for him to, like, just be completely even left off of, you know, the, the finalists were Kevin Cash, uh, Service, and then, of course, you know, some of the controversy was with, like, Dusty Baker, and, like, Houston was supposed to win. Yeah. Yeah, you but know? they were I, I, I feel more about, because with Service, the team totally collapsed. Whereas, yeah. or, like... Baker, like, remember, they were da- they were down and out against the Red Sox. They were down 2-1, to one, and he brought yeah. them back in the series. I, but they don't... I, it doesn't bother me, Baker, getting getting votes. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, they don't Baker. take you in the playoffs, though. Into account, though. That's so, true. You know? Yeah. And I get yeah. it, you know. But I think just Cora not even being a finalist is sort of an issue. And I don't know if it's them holding, you know, the, the suspension against him. Like, there's a lot of grudges within this world of baseball and who wins and who doesn't. But it's a lot of, but it's also kind of like that nobody on Houston should have won anything then because you still have Korea winning like everything and you, you know what I mean? Like you still have guys there winning stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Dusty didn't necessarily bother me. That maybe they thought he didn't, uh, he didn't, he wasn't punished enough maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of grudges. But yeah, so there could be a little bit of controversy within uh, manager of the year, and then I think there could be some uh, controversy within the rookie of the year, especially with oh, Randy Arena, who does who, not feel like a rookie at all. He's played in a World Series. He's played in two playoff series now, so yeah. that's three postseasons. Yep. You're not a rookie after that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, the, the rookie status whole thing is, is weird. I never found that the uh, Japanese players that come here and then they win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year, like uh, Suzuki did, Ichiro. I think he's really the only one who did that in all, in his yeah. defense. Yeah, but I think has any other Japanese player won Rookie of the Year, though? Um, I know his... his I, did you know Nomo? I might be wrong about this. I yeah. didn't know But this is a part of me that's like when you've already played... I know it's not Major League Baseball, but you've played a high profile professional sport like the state the sport in a just a different country and all of a sudden it's like oh you're rookie of the year i don't know that's weird to me well, what about like playing in like the like something like do you think tristan casas should be qualified because he played in the olympics no i just the olympics to me the olympics is supposed to be amateur you know it's, it hasn't become amateur anymore <laughs> it was once amateur uh, you know, but no, like, I don't know, like, and it's not even just, like, like, Ichiro Suzuki was a goddamn legend already in, like, the, um, what, what is, it's the uh, Japanese, the, uh, Japanese League, like, it's the, crazy. Yeah, the Nippon League. Yeah, the Nippon League, yeah, so it's just crazy to me, but I get, he was a rookie in Major League Baseball, yeah. so. That makes more sense to me than a Rosarita doing it, because a Rosarita... <laughs> Had been to a World Series. World Series already. Yeah, and had played in the postseason with the Cardinals prior to this, too. So, not even just one team in the playoffs. Two teams in the playoffs. Yeah. My guy that I wanted to win it wasn't even a top three, and that was Emmanuel Class on the uh, the Indians. Yeah. He was an it's absolute nightmare and a closer. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so tough for the, like, the last time, like, well, I mean, probably since then, but, like, I remember when Papelbon was going up against Verlander in, like, 2006 for, like, Rookie of the Year, and yeah. Verlander beat him because, you know, Verlander was the starter versus the reliever. I feel like the relievers just don't get the respect that they necessarily deserve. You know what reliever did win Rookie of the Year, and I still think this is kind of hilarious? Do you remember Andrew Bailey? Oh, did he win Rookie of the he Year? He was a Rookie of the Year. Oh, God. Yeah, With, I remember uh, Andrew, Andrew Bailey's brief time in uh, 2013, where we had two other closers before we finally gave... Settled uh, on Koji. Yeah, I gave Koji the chance, and then thank God for that. But yeah, we had Hanrahan and Bailey were, like, supposed to close before Koji. It's still amazing to me that Hanrahan was, like, a total failure, and Brock Holt kind of made it so that they it wasn't a total loss. Yeah, exactly. Holt was actually low-key great in the, the throw-in and the trade ended yeah. up being... Well, I just remember looking at his numbers and being like, holy shit, this guy hit 400 at AAA. Like, and it was, yeah, it was for like 200 at bats, but that's, you do that for any period in any league, like, that's longer than like, like, that that's more than 100 at bats. Like, that's, that's impressive. It's hard to hit 400 ever. Oh, God. There's so much luck involved with it, you know? Mm. And then for Rookie of the Year, and actually going to Jonathan India of, the Reds, who I'm truly not familiar with, because... Um, he had a good year. He's, like, sort of... I don't want to say a prototypical second baseman, but I don't know if he's ever going to be... I think this might be his career year. Um, mm. But he was good. He was very good. Um, he deserved it. There were a couple of other candidates that were decent, but he hit um, 269, 34 doubles, 21 homers, 69 RBIs, and he actually drew 71 walks, which is kind of... Uh, Impressive for a rookie. That uh, is, last a amount of bucks. You know who the last Reds player to win Rookie of the Year was prior to this? Ooh, um... This is yeah. a Red Sox question. It was a what? It, this is a Red Sox-related question, so that's why I'm asking you. Brandon Phillips? Ooh, no, but that was a good, that's a good guess. Scott uh, Williamson. Really? Yep, really 1999. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, I would have not guessed that. <laughs> yeah, no, I had forgotten he won that, too, because I was just like, oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? But that must have been a weak class for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if you just have one year where everybody's kind of poop? You're like, who's the least poop? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's happened. I mean, Jason Jennings won a rookie of the year that way. Good for those people. Yeah. Um, Trevor Rogers was the runner-up with Dylan Carlson, who I think is going to be a future superstar placed uh, third. Okay. Like, I'm I'm excited for the young talent that Major League Baseball has going up, going on, especially you know when somebody like a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who can potentially like live up to you know the name a namesake uh, that's already in the Hall of Fame. Like, oh yeah, you don't see that a ton. I mean, like who's the last one? Like Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, and like and Jr. just blew away his dad. Like his dad was a solid major leaguer, but. Ken Griffey Jr. became a Hall of Famer, you know? So, like, seeing when you already have the father in the Hall of Fame, like, living up to that, like, living up to that. Like, Biggio's son's not going to be. No, he's as, not. You know? Bichette might be better than his dad. Yeah. Yeah, but just having, like, a already a Hall of Famer dad and, like, your your kid might be better than you is insane to me. It's interesting to me. And I guess, like, do you want to talk MVP next, then, and finish with Cy Young? Yeah. Yeah, we can go MVP next. So, yeah. yeah. Guerrero did not win the MVP. He was beaten out by uh, Shohei Otani, and that's that's that is it's an interesting conversation to have there, because 
Guerrero Jr. came pretty close to winning. There were, he was leading for like the triple crown at various points, and obviously Salvador Perez ended up beating him at home runs and RBIs. But he had a uh, Guerrero had a monster season. Yeah, if you're yeah. looking just offensively, Guerrero had a, a better offensive season than Shohei did. But of course, people are, aren't looking at just Shohei as the offensive player. They're looking at Shohei as an elite offensive player and a really, really good starting pitcher. So you're bringing in, like, those, those aspects of things. But yeah, like, f- across the board, like, you know, 401 on base, uh, from Vlad was better than Shohei's 372. The uh, 601 slugging better than a 592 slugging. OPS over a thousand as opposed to a 965. Like yes, offensively, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a better season, but they're bringing it in in as the idea of offensively, defensively, and bringing in the fact that like Shohei Otani pitched at a like maybe like a B to a B plus level, but bringing a B B plus pitcher into in a solid A offensive pitcher together, that person is going to get the nod over just the guy that's good offensively, whether or not some people believe that Otani deserved it or not, you know? Do you think Otani deserved to make the all-star team as just a hitter? Uh, as just a hitter, yes. As a DH, I think. Like, he won the DH, uh, you know, uh, Silver yeah. Slugger. Like, I, I believe that, yes, from a from an offensive standpoint, yeah, I don't think that I get from a marketing standpoint why he started it. I don't think he deserved to start it. I don't think that he deserved to start it, but I do think that statistically he could have made, if he was just a pitcher, mm-hmm. I don't think that he was out of place pitching in the All-Star game. No, he had a great season pitching. It was just, I don't necessarily find he was the best. No, no, he wasn't the best. He was not the best pitcher in the league. That's why he didn't win the Cy Young Award. But I think that the reason why he wins MVP is because he gives you an All Star in the lineup and an All Star in the pitching rotation, rather than just an All Star in the lineup. I think absolutely that 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 reasoning makes sense to me. So yes, I do think Guerrero had a better offensive season than Otani. But if Otani could, and if Guerrero had thrown fifty like good innings, yeah, give him the MVP. But yeah. uh, Otani threw 130 innings of uh, 3.18 ERA. He struck out 156 people. Like, he had a good season, 9-2 record, so he obviously yeah. was getting good a, He had a very good, solid pitching season and an elite season offensively. So that's why you, you're putting them together because he is the player. So that's why he wins over over Guerrero, whether or not some people are upset about it. I mean, I think it's just, it speaks for itself, sort of. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually wasn't sure if we were going to be in agreement on that. So, that's, uh... Yeah, no, I mean, I I think it it, it has to make sense, really. Yeah. Um, So then, who is the National League MVP? That's actually another kind of interesting conversation to have. Yeah, Bryce Hopper, because, man, I'm all about the lunch soda. (laughs) Hopper. Bryce Hapa. Hapa. That guy. Um, yeah, so Bryce won his second one. Um, I really want to look, because I didn't really, like, pay close enough attention to all of his numbers. Like, let me check out what Harper was doing this season. Um, 
429 on base, 615 slugging, uh, 1.044 OPS. So let's compare that to uh, Juan Soto. I mean, Soto had a big disadvantage of having absolutely no support in the batting order with him. Yes, yes, yes. And Soto's defense isn't great, too. So those yeah. things are going to knock someone uh, someone down. Um, yeah, let's check it out. But you know he's he's go Soto's winning at least one MVP in his career. He's oh, Soto is still so freaking good. a baby. Uh, four sixty five on base, so killed him on base percentage. Four thirty four, so yeah, Bryce had a uh, higher slugging percentage. Uh, and then yeah, he had so slugging OPS OPS plus wise, definitely uh, yeah a better season. So Harper probably should have won, but I just cannot get over the on base percentage from Juan Soto. I can't like, get over that he's 22 years old. And he had literally a 999 OPS, like, so close. Ridiculous. Well, he was over that in 2020. He had 1.15, yeah. which is crazy. just bad he's good. But, yeah, the last two seasons he's led the led the league in uh, on-base percentage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's never had an on-base percentage below 400 in his four-year career. It's It's crazy. This was actually one of his lower slugging percentage seasons of his meager uh, 534. Right, yeah, because he, uh, he had 29 home runs compared to, like, in 2019, he popped 34. But uh, this is the kind of reason, like, Juan Soto is the reason why the Washington Nationals were like, okay, Bryce Harper, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah you can really only afford one of these, like, marquee players that are going to get, like, a zillion dollars once they yeah. hit free agency. Also, is there anything more hysterical than Bryce Harper leaving the Washington Nationals and them immediately winning a World Series? That's pretty funny. It's it's pretty it's, amazing that it's, and it, it's so interesting with Harper too because he is like people really hate Bryce Harper and I'm like super indifferent on him. I like Ed and I were talking. I kind of consider him like the Justin Bieber of baseball, where you know when he was young, he was kind of like a dickhead and kind of doing things. And now as he's like getting older, he's sort of like mellowing a little bit and right. proving like he's, he's married. He discovered Jesus. Like yeah, oh he's now been he has two MVPs. A lot. It's interesting. Harper kind of. Do you remember Josh Hamilton? Yes. Oh, poor Harper Hamilton. is kind of what I feel like Josh Hamilton was supposed to be. Mm. Yeah, because also the hype of Bryce yeah. Harper was insane. Like the LeBron James of of baseball. He was supposed to be what Mike Trout is. And right. The only way Harper could have lived up to that hype is if he was Trout. I think that that is a stupendous yeah. comparison. And it's like Bryce Harper, here we are talking two-time MVP. Deserves oh, yeah. the money that he got. Really solid player, but still not the best player in baseball. And I think a lot of people hold that because he was supposed to be the best player in baseball. And it's you're getting that hyped up as a 16-year-old. I mean, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you, like, get your GED early so you can go to junior college to go play in a wooden bat league so you can then enter the draft at, like, 19. Yeah, and, like, make your, like, major league debut by, like, 21. Yeah, like, you are sort of set up for baseball glory from a, a teenager, like your entire career is 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 made for you, and that's that's insane, and that's a ton of pressure. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot, and it's even because I remember when Steven Strasburg got drafted oh, in yeah. the first round, he was super hyped up, and then Harper the next year, it was like that time. Back to back picks, like those picks, like Strasburg and Harper was insane for the Nationals. Yeah. 
Yeah. Only yet, one of them helped win. really seems to have been uh, considered... Like, nobody hates Strasbourg. No. People hate Harper. Yeah, and I think if people hate Harper because it's been kind of mouthy a bit, you know? It's like the same way that people hate Correa, because Correa, like, talks but some shit. Nobody ever choked out Correa, though. Like, Papelbon choked oh out Harper. Oh, my God. And Papelbon is kind of an easygoing dude. So, like, what happened? I, that, I, like, I whatever happened that made Manny Machado scream at Fernando uh, Tatis. Tatis. Yeah. I know a lot of it had to do with, I think, Harper wasn't running out. Um, to first base, and like I think uh, Papelbon was like, you have to run out to first base, and then they get in each other's faces. <laughs> it's insane. Uh. Yeah, but Harper's definitely at least I feel like he's mellowed, at least sort of as he's gotten a little bit older. Yeah, but, I think I think that that happens to everybody to an extent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and yeah, he's got two MVPs, so he can kind of be like, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Like, I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't yeah. unless he just like totally falls off the face of the earth for the rest yeah. of his career. Yeah. He's he's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, but I think like he goes to Phillies. It's gonna be tough to win in Philly. Um, so he like goes to Philly immediately, doesn't win a World Series, but his team immediately his ex team immediately wins. But also, I think he literally went to Philadelphia believing that uh, Mike Trout was gonna not sign that crazy extension to stay oh, yeah. in Anaheim and go to Philly. And then like, Can you imagine an outfield of Trout and Harper? I think he thought, because like, if you really look at the way that his contract is constructed, too, like his a- I think his AAV is really not that crazy. It was like the way it was constructed, it was almost constructed to potentially bring in somebody else who's like on his level. Well, that means like that it's still possible starter. that they bring someone in, doesn't it? Yeah, they could, but it was almost as if, like, and now they got Deal and Dave there. Like, Didi's <laughs> going to spend money. But it was hilarious. I'm pretty sure the way that his contract is sort of constructed is that it's like, oh, like, his AAV is not that bad. Yeah, his AAV is not bad at all. It's $26 million until 2029, and then it goes down to $22 million. Like, that's, that's not a bad idea. Uh, that's and not going to be interesting after the, uh, after the, um, the change to the policy, right? Like, that's going to be, that's going to be really interesting if, like, the, it expands, like, how much you can sign people. Yes, true. So, yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of, you know, you look at it, you're like, oh, he signed 13 years, 330. But, like, the way it's spaced out and the way that most guys, when they get older, the AAV goes up, his AAV is actually going down. So it's like it's like almost like the way he signed it was like, mm, yeah, you guys are probably going to get Mike Trout, and you're going to need a little wiggle room, so I'll take less AAV. So, <laughs> low-key, what you are saying, Bryce Harper, team player. Potentially. <laughs> You know, I well, wanted to play I, with. I'm, 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 I was skeptical, but I'm kind of buying this. <laughs> or he wanted to play so badly with Mike Trout, and then Mike Trout was like, "Nah, I'm just gonna stay in Anaheim." Oh, <laughs> kind of makes me feel like it's sort of sad that uh, it's just like all oh, sad old, sad old Bryce Harper can't and be friends with Mike million. Trout. Yeah, like he just wants to be his best friend, and Trout's like, uh, "This guy again." Trout's like, uh, "I'm staying in uh, Southern California, and I'm not going to Philly." <laughs> Hang with with Shohei. He thinks I'm cool. Right? Oh, love it. Uh, so, yeah, those were our MVPs. Uh, and then Cy Young. 
a little bit of a little bit of controversy on uh, the AL for me. And as as you know, Ed and I are Red Sox fans. I hate the Yankees. Um, not a we're joking about you know Garrett Cole being like Kermit the Frog. If you look at an overall body of work, and that's how I look at it to determine things. I don't care if there are certain areas where you know you have Cole falling off at the end of the season. You still have to wait in games in April to play meaningful games in September. I'm sorry. And the postseason isn't taken into it, so what happened in the wild card isn't taken into to your voting. But I firmly think that at this point right now, Garrett Cole should be a two-time Cy Young Award winner, and he's a zero-time because he had a better season than Robbie Ray. And, and a lot of people potentially look at uh, the back end of the season and see that Ray was stronger back end. But I look at overall, overall, Garrett Cole was a better pitcher in 2021 than Robbie Ray, but Robbie Ray is your Cy Young Award winner. And I I don't care because I hate the Yankees. I don't want the Yankees to have awards. But it's happened twice to him where he's lost to a pitcher that he had had a better season. It's kind of like in 2016 when Pretty Ricky, you know, beat uh, Justin Verlander. That was kind of funny when that happened. I mean... I loved it because I wanted Pretty Ricky to win, but yeah. It, it's tough to say because I think that with the advanced, the more advanced sabermetrics, some people read more into it than others. And when you look at what Ray did, led the league in ERA, led the league in innings pitched, led the league in strikeouts, and he read the league in ERA plus and WHIP. Like that's that, that's pretty impressive statistics there for Ray. So I don't exactly see that as being an undeserving win for Ray. No, but it's just if you look at some of the more peripherals, Garrett Cole is better. Like, peripheral-wise, I think there was Robbie Ray had, like, one of his peripherals was, like, equivalent to, like, Jordan Montgomery. Like, you know, so, so if you if you look different, if you look deeper, it's like, it's not, it's not undeserving, and I, I don't want Yankees to win things, but I think overall, Garrett Cole had a better 2021. I know he had a better 2019 than Justin Verlander, so. Yeah, but Verlander, like you were saying before, he got screwed by Pretty Ricky. Yeah, so I think that was their makeup, being like, well, he should have to. We've got to <laughs> give it to him now. Like, you know? So, I mean, I mean, I don't want Garrett Cole's day to ever come, because he's going to be in pinstripes for the, the rest of his career. But, um, yes. yeah, so it, it's, it's hilarious that he didn't even show up to the, like, to the awards ceremony. And you're doing it from your freaking home. <laughs> and he couldn't even be bothered to like show up. So what a dick. I'm sorry. What a, what a dick move. Yeah, not a fan of him, but I. Uh, so like because of that, it would have been actually hilarious if he won, and he just wasn't there. That, well, I do. You think that he was just like really upset that he didn't win it, or do you think that he actually had something else going on? I don't know, but like, what more could you have going on? Like, you're literally doing it from home. I get you have like a a, a newborn baby, but like you're literally doing it from home. <laughs> Like, it's not like you have to go anywhere. It's not like you have to come in. You're literally doing it from your house. So, I don't know. I I find I just found that to be quite huge. So, who do you have for the National League, uh, Sayon? What did you think? Because I know that there were some people that were not I, thrilled. I love, I love seeing Burns win. You know, I'm going to give the Milwaukee Brewer, I, Brewers some love. I mean, no one else is giving it to them. They're just like, yeah. they're, I feel like they've been, they've been really good for a few years now, and they are so underhyped. Yeah, they really have been good for a while. Yeah, but you don't but, think um, that, uh, that he had a better season? You don't think that Wheeler had a better season than him? I don't know. I'd really have to look deeper. Let's yeah, see. so what's interesting is that Wheeler, 
So just if we're just going by war here, yeah. Jones's war was five point six. Wheeler's was seven point six. Hmm. Yeah, if we're also going by war, why the fudge wasn't uh Nathan Evaldi a finalist? Like, that is a very good question. Hated the, like, oh my god. I think Evaldi uh, deserved it more than Lynn did. And I like Lance Lynn, but I think Evaldi was Oh Evaldi he had a better than season than Lance Lynn. Um, yeah. That's again looking at certain numbers over other numbers. It's like it's like just really look look at all of the freaking numbers and be like who who is better? You know you know so like that's the the tricky part of things. That said, with Evaldi, he plays fourth. Which um, if you had told me he was going to finish fourth that's this year really after um, they gave him that extension, I would have been I would have thought you were crazy. Oh, I thought well, at the time that was signed, I thought that was a terrible signing. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, Ed and I have discussed that. I remember being like, wow, you're going to give this guy just because he pitched some great innings in a game that we inevitably lost, you're going to give him all of this money and a four-year contract? I was just like, shit, okay, good for you. And now it's like, he probably is worth more than 17, but, like, he's fourth place, fourth finish in the American League Cy Young. That's worth more than $17 million. Yeah, yeah. He had the same amount of MVP votes also as Cole and Ray did. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so here, I'm trying to look, and now I'm looking at comparing, like, Max Scherzer, too. Like, Scherzer had the lowest whip of all of these dudes, too. Like, Max Scherzer. I think he led baseball in whip. Yeah, 0.864. Jesus Christ, that's good. At 37 years old. Yeah, we were talking, like, Ed might be right. This dude could be on his way to, like, a three-year, hundred-plus million. Oh, yeah, I would bet money. I would bet money that he gets a a nine-figure three-year deal. That's insane. I mean, but you're looking at it, he's still freaking elite as shit. Like... Like, he, you could make a case that any of those three Burns, Wheeler, or Scherzer deserved it. Yeah, no, th- these were all three really strong seasons. Yeah, poor Walker Bueller, who also had an excellent season, gets left out of it. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. Walker Bueller was good, not even the best on his team. That's how good the freaking Dodgers are. Ugh. Ugh. Jesus Christ. So, Burns, who won it, 234 strikeouts and 167 innings. And he, like, barely walked anybody either. Yep. Uh, he had 34 walks, 7 home runs. <laughs> what? Led the young league in ERA plus by a significant amount, 176. Yeah. Uh, by comparison, just... Wheeler was 150 and Scherzer was 166. Wheeler, man. Wheeler, that's, like, that's potentially a steal, too, from a standpoint. Which I thought was another terrible signing when they got him because he hadn't done shit with the Mets. I know, when he got over, like, 100, did he get, like, 150 million or something? He got a lot of money from them. I forget the exact amount, but I remember seeing that, and he had, like, an ERA above four the year they signed him or something, yeah. like, and you were like, like that. It was like, why are you giving him all of this money? And it's like, okay, I guess maybe, maybe people that are professionally paid to do this know what they're doing. Yeah, maybe they know slightly more than us. Just a little bit, you know? <laughs> you know, we, we like to chat about baseball, but that's like, you know, when people are always say like, Oh, that that's really what it comes down to what I don't understand the hate that Heim Bloom gets. Still I, to this day. Two wins from the World Series in a in a year where you bitched ninety percent of the time, fans. Like I oh, don't get it. Red Sox <laughs> fans deserve nothing nice. That's that's the only thing that I get with. So it. true. I hate being part of this fandom because I'm like, I wanna win, but I like don't want you to win because yeah. you're an asshole and you don't get it. <laughs> I get to share this fandom with you and I get to share it with Hogdale. And there you, you go. Know, that's okay. 
There's good people to, there are definitely good people to share this fandom with, but there's just so many spoiled Red Sox fans. That's really what oh, it comes Oh, yeah, down. no, very much so. I mean, I think it's a New England thing in general, because I think I blame the Patriots for so much of this. Yes. And they're good again, too. The Patriots oh, oh are I know. Good. I was at the game last week. It was oh, my that's... first NFL game ever, actually, and the tension was completely removed from it after, like, two, at, like halfway out. through the second quarter. It was great. Was, wasn't it completely? Is that the one where they won, like, 50 by, like... 45 to 7, yeah. <laughs> and I got to see Jacoby Myers' first ever touchdown, so that was nice. also pretty great. That's cool. Yeah, I've never, I've never... The only time I've ever been to Gillette was to see To see the what? You see Taylor Swift. That's my Gillette. It's not a bad reason to go for that, actually. Yeah. But I've never been, like, I've seen, I've been to, like, Patriot Place, so I've been outside of Gillette. Right. The only time I'd ever sat in a seat at Gillette was literally for a Taylor Swift concert a couple of years ago. I mean, ago. I'm sure that was a great show, though. It was fine. She's not the, her vocals aren't the best, and we had shitty seats. So it was like, had we been closer, it maybe been a bit more like immersed into the experience. But since we had terrible seats, and it's like to me, it, Gillette's not indicative of a concert. You're like right. kind of let down a little bit, you know. I really right. like a small environment, but you're not going to get that with like the biggest pop star in the world, you know. <laughs> I had been there for like New England Revolution games, and actually, my seat from was at Gillette. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't on the field, which is what I thought it was going to be, what I found out that it was going to be there. It was, like, in, like, one of the executive box areas. That would be it was nice, it was though. Imagine if it was on the field. That, that would have been really cool. That would have been, like, a high school teen movie thing where, like, something right? dramatic probably ends up happening. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would have loved it. Imagine having it, like, like, I've always been mad that I went to BU, and BU is literally, like, in Fenway. And I'm like, why is graduation not at Fenway? I was always a little so I had um I had a girlfriend who went to grad school there um mm-hmm. and um I went to like her graduation thing there and it was like I remember thinking the exact same thing like right? you have a beautiful ballpark that could fit everyone in it right there like, why NYU, are we separating this into like four different gymnasiums I don't get it 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 drove me insane uh because NYU's graduation is at Yankee Stadium that's cool yeah. So, yeah, NYU's graduation is at Yankee Stadium, and I'm pretty sure Georgetown's graduation is at Nationals Ballpark. Oh, really? Yeah, because I know this because supposedly this last graduation, Max Scherzer was in the outfield just, like, throwing, like, while graduation was going on. Can you imagine how cool that would be if, like, you're at, like, Fenway Park for that and, like, David Ortiz just, like, pops out of, like, the Green Monster or something or whatever he's into? Yeah, so I'm just like, this is like a missed opportunity, BU. Get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's wild. I had no yeah. idea. I was just like, oh, my God, because I know, because, yeah, my friend went to NYU, and he's like, are you going to come to my graduation? I'm like, fuck, no, not in that way. <laughs> uh, I was so like, go somewhere better. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's award season. That is we, award season. I think we still have the all MLB team or whatever coming, coming up, up, but, like. Eh. Yeah, the, the the big ones came out when we talked about them. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, for the most part, I think you know, there's always going to be a little bit of controversy within anything. Um, but it's not like none of these people don't deserve these accolades, you know? Yeah, except except for Andy Rosarina, he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, maybe Randy. Randy, you bet. You bet. You Randy already has a record in the postseason. 
before he won Rookie of the Year. I just don't get how you hit 10 home runs in the postseason and are still eligible for Rookie of the Year. That's just like, it just feels like a technicality to me. That's all I'm saying. Or just maybe don't give it to him. Give it to somebody else. It's not like there were some deserving people this season. And then, of course, it comes back to the relievers. I know a lot of Red Sox fans were pissed about Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock and Classy got totally screwed. Yeah. I was like, Whitlock wasn't even a closer, so, like, he's not, He at least Class A was a closer. I was like, he's not going to get the, the, you know, the glory, uh, because they're not just going to give it to, like, a middle reliever, no matter how good he was. It's a shame, though, because you could make a case for Whitlock being the MVP of the 2021 Red Sox. Yeah, no, I I do not disagree with you at all, but that's just part of, like, you, you've seen sort of the pattern with voting. These, oh, yeah. these relievers just really aren't going to get that the, that recognition, whether or not they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm 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 interested to see what they're going to do with Whitlock. I'm interested to see what the Red Sox, from a starting pitching standpoint, what they're going to go. Are they going to go after a Max? Are they going to go after a Cobb? Are they going to go after a couple of guys? Um, and then what does that do with uh, Whitlock? Is he going to be in the pen? Are you going to try to start him? It's the same thing. You could say the same thing for with Hauk too. Where's Hauk going to be? But I still think that like the Red Sox still need to go on and get. A couple of starters. I just want depth. Give me all the right. All I the mean, depth. you gotta think that that they get that they sign at least one starter after losing yeah. a rod. I think that yeah. expecting two rookies like that to it's be able to handle it, I think that that's a little that's expecting a little bit too much. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the that that's the 2021 season. Uh, we'll see what 2021 takes us, and if the Red Sox have any uh, more names be popping up. We're going to have to do a few Red Sox-centered uh, episodes just because I think that, like, it slips in for us a little bit too oh, much for us to be, like, exclusively like, no, 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 we're all MLB. No, we have a little bit of a focus here. Oh, we're going to have a bias, too. Like, we're going to be like, because especially with, like, Ed, you know, being a Sox prospects guy, like, he knows... He knows that the is, ins and outs more. That is the only system I know. I don't know. I I, I don't know shit yeah. like about like you could be like, oh, tell me about the Marlins system, and I'd be like, I don't know, JJ Bleday. Like, I don't know. So it's like I don't know some some guys, some guys. Yeah, are good, exactly. Guys. I don't know. Derek, does Derek Jeter have any kids? I don't know. Maybe maybe one of them is there. I don't. Yeah, I don't one know. Of, one of the mini Jeters are hanging out in Miami, <laughs> but uh, what if his the uh the unspoken of child between him and Mariah Carey is oh actually my God. a ball player. That would be hilarious. This kid That'd just be... walks up, looks exactly like Derek Jeter. That kid would be so just like objectively handsome. Oh my God! Yeah, it would like the the yeah. You'd just be like, whoa. Be like, damn, Jeet. Like, get it, Jeets. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Jeter Downs does the same yeah, Jeet thing. Yeah, Jeet. Have you, yeah, did, yeah, did you see the thing where it was like celebrity? It was like confessions of people that have like dated celebrities. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The one about Jeter. The what about like the gift basket? No, I love the gift basket, but then that's always great. But there was one where this girl had ran in. She's like my best girlfriend dated Derek Jeter and like had a key and was able to like just get up into his apartment. So she's like, it was later at night. She like walks in, opens the door. He is stark naked in front of the TV watching his ESPN uh, replays and is just pounding his chest and going, yeah, Jeets, yeah, Jeets. I gotta tell you, like, if I were Derek Jeter, 
I would do the exact same. Like, I was like, that is the funniest thing. Just imagine him walking. Doesn't just that just, like, make him seem more likable, though? Like, it's like I, I found it hilarious. Like, it's I awesome. Like, it's so hilarious. fucking funny. So, yeah, is Jeter Downs just being like, yeah, Jeets. Just watching, like, him hit a couple of home runs in the AFL or something. Right? You need that. You need that Derek Jeter energy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited um, that, you know, they were at least, they protect, I, they were, of course, they were going to protect him on the Rule 5. We can get into Rule 5 and yeah, obviously. So that, this is uh, our sneak peek for next week. Yeah. But, yeah, they protected him and Winkowski and Brian Bello and yeah. best named player in the system, Cutter Crawford. Yes, Cutter Crawford. Yeah, because Cutter Crawford just had, he has good stuff. He was just thrown out there. Way yeah, too he had a lousy start there. He's, the, the reason they protected him also, he could be a number five starter in just about any rotation in baseball. Yeah. There's nothing special about him, but he could eat innings for you. And that's they what you lost need. Like. Yeah, yeah, and like somebody like a Durbin Feltman, like, is somebody going to really want to keep him on their 26th man? Maybe. I think he Maybe. has a better chance that I saw some people freaking out, like, oh, what about Gilberto Jimenez? Yeah, Gilberto Jimenez hasn't played a game above Salem yet. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be like bringing him and having to keep him on for uh, 162 games yeah. on your 26th man. That, that's it's a like, big ass. It's like literally, like, you have, you know how, like, sometimes you see, like, um, like a team will sponsor, like, a kid or something like that? Yeah. It's like including that kid, and also he has to play. Yes, you're right. It's just it's it's just it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. It was the Red Sox were able to do that easily with someone, um, you know, like Whitlock because they used him properly and yeah. he came off as Tommy John. So like that makes sense. But yeah, somebody like you say, Gilberto Jimenez is going to be way more difficult to keep on to your 26 man major league yeah. roster. Yeah, anybody that's like that on the season, you know, and like there's a big difference between playing in Salem and playing in like. The Dominican Summer League, or even yeah. honestly, even playing in like High A, big difference between that and Double A. Just sure. Double A, that's when you start seeing like Jonathan Arauz had a little bit of experience in Double A. Yeah, even and they didn't kind of pushing it. They only had to keep him on uh, for the COVID season. Exactly, <laughs> Easy. So that's a little easier when yeah. like, it's pretty a lost season. I I low key love Arauz, so I'm st- I'm very happy they did that. I have zero problems with Arauz. I know some people don't like him, and I'm like, who cares? Like he's yeah, gonna be yeah, like a utility guy. Yeah, like utility players are people too. Mm-hmm. We need them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, good episode this week. That was. That yeah. Was good. This one was fun. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll go more in depth with um, some of the Red Sox minor league. So if you're Red Sox fans that listen to us, be excited about that because I am very excited about the damn future. I know they're. I like tweeted about how I was excited about the future, and like somebody's like subtweeted me, and they were like, "I want to win now." I'm like, "You were two wins away from the World Series." Is that yeah. not winning now? I believe it is, but hey, yeah, who knows? Be winning now and be very excited about what this future could be, and that's yeah. me. I'm me. Like, you, these guys are like every player, every Hall of Famer starts off as a prospect. So Absolutely. except Ichiro, he was a player when they got him. Yeah, he had already <laughs> had like two thousand hits. Yeah, he was he was already an absolute monster. So yeah, yeah. and who knows? Maybe the Red Sox will get somebody like that with uh, another Suzuki. With a I Taylor. want, I want. Oh my God, I would love for them to pick him up. That would be cool. I mean, they they have interest in him, so you know yeah, the foreign uh, market will be interesting to see what happens too. 
Yeah, we'll probably be talking about, like, as more moves happen, we'll probably be talking about that a little bit. Yeah, I want some more stuff. I thought things were going to sort of fall a little bit more after, you know, Eddie did his, and then Verlander got his ridiculous amount of money. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. It's been slow again, slogging. Yeah, I think we got another. I think this week, though, just because with the CBA and everything. Yeah, we'll, it'll we'll be a little more. more. Yeah, so maybe we'll have a lot of a lot to talk about next week, and that would be really great. But thank you, everybody, once again for listening. Uh, you can find us. We're up on Spotify now. We're up on Apple Podcasts now. So the two biggies, we're out there still working on getting us on, like, the Google Network and all that. You can also find us on Amazon Alexa. So wherever you listen to us, please like us. Please subscribe to us. Please reach out to us uh, on uh, Twitter. We love to chat about baseball, and we're trying to grow this as, as best we can. So thank you to everybody that does listen to us. Super appreciative. Bye, guys. See you.